0: Five, four, three, two, one. <clears throat> Thanks for tuning in to All Swish No Ish. Here is your host, Cody, Cody McFalla. If you haven't already, I encourage you to. Look us up on social media and follow us. Give us a like. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The handle is at McBallerSportsTraining. We are on all those platforms as well as our website, McBallerSports.site123.me. There you can keep current with latest article postings, podcasts, and social media updates as well. Old and new episodes of the All Swish No Ish podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube as well. So this episode of the show is going to be a little bit different than the previous handful of shows. I'm going to talk about something that recently happened with an interview that I have with the WNBA team and dive into the problems I had there. But first I would like to talk about a book I recently read. Let's turn to page two. As well as reading recommendations. The book was Karan Butler's book called Tough Juice. That's his nickname. And I highly recommend this book to anybody who is a sports fan or just likes reading in general. I learned a lot about Karan Butler that I didn't know. For example, he, when he was in high school, he spent time in kind of like a correctional facility for young adults, like a juvenile detention center. And he spent time in there for dealing drugs and carrying firearms on him, and he got caught. And after he came out of there, it was his religious awakening that helped him turn his life around and focus on basketball and he went on to play in the nba for over a decade i believe and now makes many charitable contributions to society it's a great story of a guy overcoming his environment and surroundings to eventually make something of himself and also for Any Kobe Bryant fans, Karan played one season for the Lakers, and there is a really funny Kobe story in there about a time they went on a road trip to play in Milwaukee, and they went out to eat, and it's just that story alone is worth reading the entire book. so a couple weeks ago i had an interview with a WNBA team to be an assistant video coordinator and for anybody that doesn't know what that role entails it's pretty much what i did when i was working at vanderbilt university for the 2017-18 season the assistant video coordinator just takes command from the the head video coordinator and helps record practices break down game films label it what that means is there are commands that you have on the computer whenever you're watching a game and whenever you label a certain play as a command when coaches are watching it They can separate the game film into commands, so like if an offensive mind coach is watching the game, they just wanted to watch plays that ended in a three-point attempt, they could filter the game so that they only see possessions that ended in a three-point attempt. And you can do that for anything, plays with a made two-point field goal, anything like that. So that's basically what you do, and that leads into helping create scouting reports and things of that nature. So I had an interview with the WNBA team. They got my contact info from the people at Vandy. I'd actually met one of the guys while I was at Vandy for the, in the summer of '18. They were looking for someone, but I hadn't heard from them. Get a call a couple of weeks ago. The head video coordinator got a job at a university. So he was leaving within the next few days and they were looking for someone to fill his spot. So they said they were looking for someone to come in as the assistant video coordinator and the current assistant was moving into the head role. So I went in there thinking that, no, this was my time. This is something I'd been working for. And I get there, I have the interview. With the current assistant video coordinator who's going to be taking the head roll. We're talking, everything's great. He gives me a laptop, he has me code a few minutes of a game. And I hadn't done that for over a year since I'd been at Vandy. But I did it, it went well. It was a WNBA game from a few weeks back. And then the team manager came in. And we all spoke at length. And it went well. When I left, they gave me tickets to the game that night. I went to the game and then afterwards went back into the coach's office and met all the coaches on staff, and it seemed to go well. A couple of days later, they called me back and said, The position's yours if you want it. We'll send over the paperwork, get it signed, and we'll get you on board as soon as possible. So I said, Okay. I was ecstatic get the paperwork and I'm reading over it and the paperwork says that the job is for 7.25 an hour which is minimum wage and it is listed as an internship and you have to prove that you can get academic credit for your time working for them and I'm currently not in school I am going back to school but I'm not right now So I emailed the HR people and the guy I interviewed with, and I said, hey, I don't know if this was a misprint or something. I said, I interviewed for the assistant video coordinator, not an internship. And I said, I'm not receiving academic credit for this, so I said, is that going to be a problem because I can't fill out the sheet of paper. You had to have an academic advisor from your university sign it. I was hoping they'd come back and say sorry like we sent the wrong sheet you don't have to worry about that just fill out the rest but the guy that i interviewed with comes back with me and i have the email right here and he said oh don't worry it's just a stipulation it's something we have to do in order to get you in we have to say you can receive academic credit and He said it's something that I had to do and I took the position too. And he just graduated college, so he definitely wasn't getting credit for it. And then on top of that, reading the paperwork, you had to park two blocks away from the arena whenever you came to work each day. You had to park two blocks away, walk to the arena, and every day pay to park in that parking lot. So you're working for minimum wage, 40 hours a week listing it as an internship it's not even an actual job and then you have to park a couple blocks away every day and pay on top of that and so I was honked off whenever I got that information after he came back and said oh don't worry we had to list mine as an internship too like that is that's so irritating to people that go To college and pay for a four-year degree because I went to the University of Indianapolis and when you go to universities like that they tout the fact that they have these relationships and places that can help land you jobs after you graduate and especially in the sports world I, I was a sport management major and they did they they put that out there that they have these relationships with The Pacers, the Fever, the Indianapolis Indians, the Colts, the Indy 11, the Indy Fuel. And to see that professional teams are giving these quote-unquote internships to people that aren't even in college is infuriating. And it's also very disrespectful. How could and why would a college graduate who has massive amounts of debt, take a job, that take an internship, sorry, that pays minimum wage. And then you're taking these opportunities away from people that that actually could benefit from them and need them as learning experiences. I'd had the experience at Vanderbilt. I volunteered for nine months, worked 800 hours for free, doing exactly what they wanted to pay me minimum wage for. And what's funny is whenever I turned down the job, I saw the, went down to Vanderbilt that next week for a basketball camp. And uh, some of the coaches asked me, like, oh, you're really not taking the job? And I said no. And one guy couldn't believe it. He said, uh, he's talking about how whenever he used to work as an intern, they didn't get paid anything. And he said, you're lucky that they get paid something. And I just thought, I, I did my free time at Vanity, Like, I did my nine months free I went down there and worked at a Qdoba down the street at night just to be able to work there and not go bankrupt because I was saving my money up also to go to law school at the time. So I would work at Vanderbilt before practices, there'd be coaches meetings at 5, 5.30 in the morning. So I'd get up at 4.30 at my house and drive downtown to Nashville park walk the half mile i had to walk because i didn't have a parking pass from the university i parked at a garage behind a GameStop and an office depot that were right there and i walked every day up west end ave to get to the gym i would work there from 5:30 in the morning to 3 p.m 4 p.m around that time helping with practice and then after that with whatever video projects I had to work on. And then after that I would go work I would walk back down the street to Qdoba, get changed in the restroom and work there from three to midnight. And then if I had to close I had to stay between 1 1 30 a.m by the time we cleaned the floors and did all the dishes and then I would drive to my house in Brentwood and be in bed after I showered and everything by 2, 2.30. And then I would get up at 4.30 to do it all over again. And I did that for nine months. And I have a guy looking me in the eyes, telling me I'm lucky that I get paid minimum wage to work there. And just the audacity, I, I looked at him, I said, I did my, I paid my dues, like I did my free time. And it didn't, didn't get me anywhere at the time. So I was just so frustrated that everyone thought that this was some golden opportunity landed on my plate to be an assistant video coordinator for a WNBA team listed as an internship game paid minimum wage. And then one of the coaches brought it up and I, I knew it was going to happen. They're like, oh, I can't believe you're not taking it. Like you're getting, You'd be getting minimum wage and you didn't get paid anything here. They said it's just a way to get your foot in the door and, and get your name out there. And I looked at her and I said, my foot got slammed in the door while I was here. I moved 300 miles away from home, didn't have a place to live when I moved to Nashville, I had everything in the back of my grandpa's truck, and luckily found a place. And they want to say that it's a way to get my foot in the door. I did that. This same coach also looked at me and with complete disbelief on their face. They're like, the Y really pays more than that more than the 725 that was being offered for the job and i just kind of looked at her dumbfounded and i said yeah cuz if they didn't it would be illegal because it would be below minimum wage plus just the guilt that i would feel taking that position knowing that there's a college kid in the area that could that could use that to help build their resume and learn from it and minimum wage wouldn't be as big of an insult. I work for the YMCA in Indianapolis right now, and I make. They're a nonprofit. If you don't know that, it's Young Men's Christian Association, the YMCA is one of the largest nonprofits in the nation, and so nonprofits aren't usually known for their pay rates because they can't afford to compete at that level with other businesses and organizations. But, I'll tell you right now, they're a non-profit and they pay their employees more than what this million or billion dollar team was willing to pay their intern. And, that is baffling to me. How's the WNBA, they're going to talk about inequality with pay rates. I wonder if there isn't inequality between what the women's interns get, and what the MBA interns get. So between the WNBA and the NBA interns, is there a big difference? Or is everyone getting paid minimum wage? Because if that's the case, one, people that have already graduated college need to stop taking those jobs. I said no because I have more respect than that for myself, and I'm glad I did, had this been... A year ago two years ago i probably would have taken it and come up with some reason in my head to make myself believe i was making the right decision and just in the interview they kept talking like oh you're with the y but you could come straight here like would you have to give a two-week notice or anything like they talked down just because it wasn't a job in the nba or WNBA. like it wasn't important oh, we need you here and you're willing to come here without giving your former or your current employee a heads up. I've been with the wife for almost five years now and they've been good to me. And to see someone talk down about a position, I get it, I'm not working in professional sport but I'm working with kids every day and actually making an impact and you're working behind a screen for high paid athletes and you're gonna talk down to me about my job. There was another time, it would have been after my second year at UND, in the summer, I had gone through a phone interview with the, it was going to be in the ticket sales department of a WNBA team, and I had gone through the phone interview and I job shadowed this guy that worked there as well. I job shot at him one time just during the day, one time during a game day. We talked several times. I worked with his sister-in-law at the Y, and so it was looking good. And after the phone interview, a couple days later, I got a very weird email that said, Cody, thanks for everything. You did great on the interview. He said, basically, this was out of my control. I was told to hire this individual. And now looking back on it from the experience I just had, it would not shock me if that person was not in college and could not receive credit for it, but he was forced to offer it to them. What is annoying about this whole experience is I looked online, like I I subscribed to this website or this thing called teamwork online and you get updates about jobs within the sports field, and the job for this WNBA team wasn't even posted on there, and it wasn't on their personal website either. So not only are they not posting these websites for people to get their eyes on and apply for, but they're keeping it anonymous and giving it to people that don't even meet the qualifications. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm worth $40, $50 forty, fifty dollars an hour, or whatever. But that was an insult to me personally. Oh, seven twenty five. And the whole time I'm being interviewed and by the coaches that got me the interview, the language the whole time was, you know, this is a job, it's gonna be forty hours a week. And I have a bachelor's degree, a year of experience already with the software they use and I have a master's degree and I just sat through an interview of a guy that's my age and after I emailed him back so I emailed him asked about the part of the paperwork that said intern he emailed me back and said no big deal that's what I had to do uh, I emailed him back and I said hey I said, if you guys can't come above 725 and drop the internship title, I said, I can't take the position. And you know what he said back? Absolutely nothing. So these places apparently are full of respect because I was honest with them. I didn't just let the email sit in my inbox for days. I responded quickly and that's what I got was no answer probably not used to being caught out on the way they handle their business internally but I hope that anybody out there that's listening that is thinking about or is in school for sport management right now have enough respect for yourself to if you're in this position turn down that job because I could have taken it I save a lot of my money and I would have been okay financially to take that minimum wage, but there's no need for me to go back and live and dig into my savings account when I'm going back to school. I don't need to live that way when I have a better job at the YMCA. And after reflecting on this whole experience a few days after the fact, I kind of felt bad for the way that I looked at my university while I was there for my undergrad. Because I know when I was at UND, and I created one of the internships I had at Lawrence North High School. they never had an intern before. I took the format of how another high school did it in the area and showed it to them and we created the paperwork and I was the first intern for them and I just remember just kind of being angry at UND because I thought I'm here paying all this money doing all this volunteer work here and I can't get an internship with a professional or semi-pro team and now I see that sometimes it's not in their control. If there's a graduate from another school, IUPUI, Butler, IU, Marion and these places reach out to them as being recent graduates then it isn't your university's fault that they can't get a current student within that organization and this also just adds on to the fact that there's mounting debt with students in this current generation and places think we should be grateful graduating with a degree that's worth over a hundred thousand dollars and we should take 7:25 to be able to rebound the balls for their athletes, or film them, or be able to say we're in the same building as them. No, thank you. I'd rather take my degree and start out at 10 to $12 an hour at Chick-fil-A, an organization that knows how to treat their employees. You have owners of these teams that are billionaires. And they're going to make people park two blocks away and walk. Like the part-time employees had to do that too. Park two blocks away, pay for it, and walk to the arena. I don't know if anybody out there listening to this, if that's commonplace within the professional sports world. I had never heard of that. I couldn't see Mark Cuban forcing his employees to do that. And then you have these athletes, the WNBA players. Oh, we need to be on the same the same pay as NBA players. And the NBA players agreeing. One that doesn't it doesn't make sense just logically. The WNBA plays I think around forty games a year, so it's half an NBA season. So people want to talk about like the high end WNBA players are making a hundred and fifty K and how the League minimum for men is like four times that. Well, then you got taken to the fact you're playing half the amount of games and the games you are playing, your quarters are two minutes shorter. You're playing 10 minute quarters. So you're playing a 40 minute game instead of a 48 minute game. So that's an eight minute difference. Take that eight minute difference, multiply it times the 40 games you are playing and there's a discrepancy there. And then multiply times the 40 games that you're not playing that the men are. And you're going to cry about that. And your employees, your ushers, your concession stand workers, the people in the fan gift shop, the people helping with film breakdown, they're all working for minimum wage. I always hear older people at the Y in the locker room or like my my grandpa when we're watching something on tv and he'll be like man how are they how can you even afford to give a guy five years 240 well you can do that when when you start at the bottom of the organization and you don't pay anybody anything you can do that i have twin cousins right now who are going to be juniors in high school and they work at the park in in their county and they get paid minimum wage. No offense to them, they're they're hard workers, good guys. But I'm twenty-three years old and I was overly qualified for that position and and they come in with a low ball offer like that. I'm sorry that this episode has just been me ranting about one long experience, but it's something that I feel there needs to be attention drawn to and I'm very passionate about it because it is probably affecting thousands of graduates recent college graduates and you see the statistics that show a very small percentage of people are actually working in whatever field they get degrees in And this is just contributing to that problem. Thanks for listening to this episode and staying on for this long if you did. If anybody has any input on this topic about the pay of athletes and just how employees at organizations are... Treated at the bottom How they're treated As to what's expected of them If anybody has Any input Just reach out to me On social media Message me And again If you're looking To read a book this summer I highly recommend that Karam Butler one It's called Tough Juice T-U-F-F Juice you can find it online in your local library. Read it. And let me know what you think. would love to talk to someone about what they think about his life story. This concludes episode 6 of the Also Wish You Know-ish podcast. Please look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. YouTube, the at handle is at McBallah Sports Training. Except for Twitter, it is at Mcballa Training. Follow us, give us a like. New and old episodes of this podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and YouTube as well. Also, check out the website dot 123me to stay up to date on latest article postings, social media feeds, and podcasts as well. I try to end each episode on a positive note with an inspirational quote, and here's the one this week. I was working out at the Y the other day and they have a basket of pieces of paper that you can pull out and read, and it's usually Bible verses or some local coaches inspirational quote and this past week I reached in there and I pulled out a piece of paper and read it and it said don't shoot the ish shoot the swish